Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 20th, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 2, and we are at page 28, the fifth paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Pens and P, for the 12 traditions, Julie S., and reading the text are Katie G., Charlene G., and Lauren S. The reference numbers for Wednesday, April 19th, are 7 a.m. 9852 and 10 a.m. 9854. That's 9852 and 9854. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much. I will now ask Julie S. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, may I be heard? Yes. Okay, good morning. This is Julie S., recovering compulsive overeater in Florida. The 12 traditions, <clears throat> excuse me, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Julie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the book, big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 28, the last paragraph. I will ask Katie G to begin reading and she'll read four paragraphs and we will comment on all those paragraphs. Hi, Katie, may, you, may I be heard? Yes. Awesome, good morning guys. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic, calling in from Boston. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it, then a chapter to the agnostic. Many who were in this class are now among our members. Surprise, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we have recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language 
and from his own point of view, the way he established his relationship with God. These give a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. We hope that no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too, I must have this thing. And let me start my timer, KG recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. There is so much, I'm not gonna be able to do this all, so y'all are gonna get my back on everything I miss. But um, so we're summarizing, there is a solution, right? There is one solution. If you have your allergy, this allergy of the body and the obsession of mind, we have found one solution. I love that this first paragraph opens up, right? Like there's been a lot of opening up, like even if you um, don't believe or you do believe there is a God, we talked about that yesterday. And now it's like, even if you're agnostic, guess what? That's not a block. Like we're, I just love it. Like it totally includes me in all my crazy ideas. So then it tells us what, what's, what's about to happen. So we get clear cut directions and that is my key. What are the clear cut directions? They are the steps and they are given showing how we have recovered. So if I, you know, thank God, if I get abstinent and I do the steps and I follow those clear cut directions, I am going to regain, I can, you know, I can function in this world. And then it talks about, we, ha- and then we get these stories, right? And it made me think of us, right? Like how everyone in our own language and from our own point of view, like think of all of us sitting on this line right now, all your beautiful faces glowing and thinking about and sharing how you have established, which means to bring into creation something that is meant to last for a lifetime. You have established your relationship with God and that there is a fair cross section of all of us throughout this country, throughout this world, this renaissance that so many of you share about. Um, And it talks about, I love, and this is just interesting, it says what has actually happened in our lives. So there almost seems to be a shift because when we're talking about relapse, we get a lot of stories, right? But when when we get recovered, we can differentiate the truth from the false. We can share exactly what has happened in our lives. And then this last paragraph, like, in order for me to do the steps, like I can't pray for the willingness to be willing. Like I wasn't willing until I was doing the actions of the steps, until I was refraining from addictive eating. And I was, you know, changed from what somebody shared previously. I changed yeah, but to yes, ma'am with my sponsor. Um, I mean, I was desperate. I was like, please just help me. Um, and what I love is it shares in closing the, our primary purpose, right? So we, we disclose, and, and I'm sorry if it seems, you know, in bad taste to you, but I'm going to fully disclose my past and my problems and where I am today so that you can look at me. So you may what? Bear witness, step three, to those, I, or prayer, the third step prayer, to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And um, what? A miracle and this you know is a jam-packed paragraph but I just love it just summarizes everything that we are about to do and it is a privilege to be on this line with all of you hearing about your establishment of your relationship with God so I'm gonna keep showing up I'm gonna keep listening and doing the deal and with that I pass okay um, thank you so much Katie G we will now open it up for sharing on uh, we're at the bottom of page 28 through the end of that chapter. 
Who would like to share? Christina, Christina S. Matt M. Chris, Michael Michael M. R. Matt M. Okay. Michael okay. A. Matt M. Okay. I just stop, please. Okay, I got Larry K. Tina S. Matt M. Um, Chrissy G. And Kim G. And there was another M person. Michael H. Michael H. I knew it was a man. Okay. Julie. Jackie okay. R. Jackie B. Julie. Oh, Jackie B. Irini. Irini. Okay, let's go with those to start with. Jackie B. Julie R. Okay, so I have Larry K. Tina S. Matt M. Chrissy G. Michael H. Kim G. Julie R. Jackie B. And Irini M. Go ahead, please, Larry Kay. Press star one to unmute Larry. We we can't hear you. Hey, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. <clears throat> Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So, you know, I, I'm just going to focus in on the uh, the clear-cut directions um, that we find in, in, in the, the big book and, and, and just drawing a distinction you know, but you know, with regard to what it means to be recovered, you know, to me, in my understanding, what I've learned is to be recovered just means um, that the the obsession, that the mental twist, has been driven out. That that in the context of of having this alcoholic mind, that's essentially what it means. It addresses that that the mental twist has been driven out. Now, the storm in my life still comes. The big book tells me that selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear will crop up, and they do, not because I'm a bad person, but because I'm human. I'm, I'm recovered today, but those things still crop up. I had to understand the distinction that if I work these clear-cut instructions, these clear-cut directions, if I follow them in sequence, the one thing is as those things crop up, as the storm comes as calamity comes because we're all human the, nonetheless the the mental twist i'm not affected by the mental twist because that has been driven out by this process of action and that was a distinction that i had to, to, to understand because i had all sorts of preconceived notions on what would happen it was kind of like uh if I buy a new car, I'm going to feel good and I'm going to have that new car smell and I'm going to be driving around and people are going to see me driving the car and all will be well. You know, it's kind of like that. No, no, no. Being recovered doesn't mean, see, the new car smell goes away. We straighten out when the, when the spiritual malady is overcome. We straighten out physically. That, that will happen. That will happen because the, the mental twist has been driven out. You'll get down to a normal weight or up to a normal weight. You will. Because you don't want to eat anymore and you're happy and peaceful in the midst of not having that uh, mental twist anymore. It's been driven out. But rest assured, other things will come up and they do for me. But never have I found it necessary to pick up a bin substance, not because I've fought my way through it or I think through the drink, drink think through the bite. That's not why. The mental twist is gone. It's been driven out as long as I remain in fit spiritual condition. So wanted to draw that as distinction. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Larry. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Matt M. Thanks, Katie. Uh, <clears throat> Tina S., recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, some really great stuff this morning. Uh, so grateful to be on the line and to hear it and to actually understand and be part of. You know, uh, you know. finally, when I love that it talks about that, you know, even though we're agnostic, that we can do this deal also. You know, and because, um, you know, I came here thinking I believed in God. Well, I certainly believed that God was working in your life, but not mine. So when I finally admitted that I was probably agnostic, I was able to grasp some stuff here. You know, and, and it talks about, you know, clear-cut directions to a solution, you know, and and clear and directions are a course that must be taken to reach the destination. So here's some things that I must do. I know they say it's suggested, but it, here's some things that I must do. And the solution is a spiritual awakening. It's not that I'm relieved from my compulsive eating. That's a bonus. But the solution is a spiritual awakening. You know, my spirit is awakened. You know, because when I got here, it certainly was dead. You know, and, and I always say this, and I mostly say it for me. You know, I didn't come here to get spiritual. You know, but that is what has happened over the process of doing the work, you know. And um, and then it talks about, you know, in the back of the book, these stories, you know, the the byproduct is the, the guys get uh, uh, sober. But what, they're, what it's really about is it tells you that the, how they got the relationship with the power greater than themselves, you know. And, and, I, and I didn't want to believe any of that when I first read this. But over the years, I certainly know that that's the truth. You know, if I hang around long enough, you know, I'm going to be want to be part of and not apart from because I was apart from for so many years, you know, and and I like that it says these give a fair cross section of our membership and a clear cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. You know, I've got to be telling the truth here. You know, my story may not be exactly like yours, but I belong, you know, and and I have to tell you mine because somebody else has probably got, has lived the life that I did. And so it will certainly help them. And then, you know, lastly, you know, it says, we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that we be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. And I say, yes, I am one of them too. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Okay, Matt M., you're up, followed by Chrissy G. Hi, thank you, moderator. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater over here in New Jersey. Yeah, um, I've been in the room for 10 years, and you think that I would have gotten it by now, but you know what? It talks about, you know, there's a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. For me, I think what was separating me from everybody was that terminal uniqueness. No one understands me. No one knows how much weight I've gained. They've, been, they've never been 650 pounds. They've never almost put themselves out by spending their money on food, almost getting evicted, yada, yada, yada. That's what almost killed me, that terminal uniqueness. And um, I, uh, I also came in believing that I believed in God, that he didn't want anything to do with me, and that he wasn't the God that I wanted in my life, but I was more agnostic than everything. And I realized that, you know, now that I've been in the room for 10 years, I realized I do have a higher power of my, of, that I don't understand. I don't have it in my own understanding, which is okay for me right now. It's where I'm at. The fact is that I came to believe that I had something watching over me, because I should be dead 10 times over with all the things that I put my body through. You know, it does say in the big book, the mind and body are unique things because mine, mine endured a lot over the, over the years. The ulcer that almost killed me multiple times going to the hospital for serious illnesses. And um, I love that last line. Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. Yes, I am one of you because I, am one, I want to be just one of many. I'm just another sardine in the can. 
and that that gives me comfort because as soon as I start thinking that I'm not like you and I'm the I'm unique that all I need is the perfect diet, you know, and I that's what I came in for. I wanted to get the perfect diet, yet at the same time I wanted to continue eating. It doesn't make sense, you know. I want to lose the weight, but then continue eating when I was eating. The two don't mix, you know. It's like oil and water; they do not mix. I'm just grateful that just for today I have the willingness to work with the sponsor that I picked to, that I that I picked up and um, put the food down because it's not easy for me. I'm very stubborn, and that's what kept me out. Of, that that's what kept me out of recovery all those years. My the will the thing the the will the the willfulness that I have in me that sets me apart from everybody. And just for today, I am willing to be just one of the one of the crowd, one of the one, another face in the crowd, another sardine in the can. Again, like I mentioned, and with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Okay, Chrissy G, you're up, followed by Michael H. Hi, Katie. It's Chrissy G, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And when I was first getting um, recovered, I I heard a lot a lot early on in another program the phrase having a moment of clarity, and every every addict has these moments of clarity and. The, uh, one of the, I think it was the special edition this past week, said said something about the drawbridge being open and you have to run across. You have this moment of yes, I got this thing. Yes, I'm just like you, and and that's necessary because if I'm like you and you recovered with doing this program, that means that that I can too, and I need to be able to know that I can get better, that this will work for me too. That's, that's key. But there are not, there are not a, a lot of moments of clarity, but one, one of the ways to bring it about, to bring it on, is the identification and to be able to tell my story. And it, 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 it also says somewhere in the book about going, it might be working um, with the, um, the families, the chapter to the families, to the wives, that you should go to to an alcoholic when they're when they're depressed, like the next day after, not when they're feeling good and you know they're they're feeling like they got this thing licked, but when they're feeling down and depressed, and to to tell a little bit to reveal something about my story, something that I'm ashamed of, that you know people don't usually walk around talking about the things that they're ashamed of in everyday life. And I remember it was the first time that I ever really experienced that beautiful, sad experience of hearing someone's story um, was in 12-step programs. And it's just, it's really life-changing when you feel like there is no one in the world that has had the same feelings and you discover that you're just like, you're just like everybody else, or at least just like this person. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. Okay, Michael H., you're up, followed by Kim G. Good morning, Vision. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Great, great. This is Michael H., compulsive overeater, recovered from the great state of Illinois. Wow, this is an amazing uh, several paragraphs here. I just wanted to plug in this morning and and give my take. Um, talks about their hope is that that men and women desperately in need will see these pages and and I really was desperate about a year ago. Um, the desperation in my life was at an all time high. I, from where I'm sitting today, I was up a hundred pounds. 
And but that was really the least of what was going on in my life, the chaos, the chaos that uh, I found myself in just was ever growing. And I was very, very desperate. And then you come down and see that uh, I made that admission. Yes, I am one of those two. I must have this thing. When I, what thing? Well, that that recovery thing, that recovered thing that I saw in in a brother who, in which the, the problem had been solved. I met this man, and I could tell. And I met several others actually. And when I saw that, I I realized that I. I am one of those, I must have this thing. So how do we do that? It bounces up a paragraph. The clear cut directions are given showing how we recovered and how did we recover? Well, we go through these 12 steps in order as they're laid out in this big book. And the result is that to have as a spiritual, the spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, which gratefully I can say today um, that I have had that spiritual awakening and that I can come here today and share what has actually, as they give a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives, and I can say that today. Um, what has happened in my life is is the miracle of, of being neutral around the food. Um, that's Really a miracle, the first time in my life, for sure. But that's just the tip of the iceberg and the changes that have happened in in my personality, in the decisions, in my focus, and uh, that's resulted these steps. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Michael. Kim G, you're up, followed by Julie R. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Further on, clear-cut directions are given, showing how we have recovered. Ooh, I can feel myself exhaling as I read that. You know, I was someone that since a young age, well before I found that food solved this. So when I was the potential alcoholic, I felt like the world had this handbook of life that I know was not given because I was restless, irritable, discontent, uncomfortable in my own skin from a very young age. And here I'm being told, here I'm going to have clear-cut directions. You know, I remember seeing a meme on Facebook that said, sorry, you're not getting the results from the work you are not doing. And that explains many years in Overeaters Anonymous. I wanted the results, but I wasn't doing the work that was, was required. And a lot of times I wasn't told the work, and a lot of times I was confused by what the work was. And this word recovered gives me hope. These are people who are alcoholics, who have the same disease that I have as a compulsive overeater, but they do not suffer from this disease anymore. And I'm just going to give my opinion. My opinion as someone who attends AA meetings, who's not an alcoholic, who talks to AA old timers, someone whose opinion is of such where I came in soon after our literature was was printed that says the word recovering. So this word recovered really tweaks me. And I asked about the history of that. The book is very consistent. It says recovered, recovered, recovered. It only uses the word recovering describing someone who hasn't been through the steps. And I talked to AA old-timers, and they talk about in the 60s and the 70s when rehabs became very um, prominent and people were coming to AA from rehabs, the language in the rehabs was recovering. You will never be cured. You're going to be recovered. And we're not cured. We're recovered. 
And that language became very common in the AA rooms in the 60s and 70s. When you think about it, when did OA come about? 1960. So as we in OA are, are growing in the 70s and the 80s, the language in the AA rooms is recovering, not recovered. And when our literature came out, this is my opinion again, we mimicked what was happening in, in modern day AA, which is that we are recovering. I am so grateful today that this language of recovered has come back to AA means that I go to and also in Overeaters Anonymous because let me assure you, from the core of my being, I am a compulsive overeater. And let me assure you, from the core of my being, I do not suffer from compulsive overeating today. I am recovered. And I remember hearing an AA speaker say, he was approached by a newcomer and says, how do I stop the voices in my head? And he said, I don't know. But if you want to stop listening to them, I have some steps that you can do that can expel them. And that is the miracle I experience on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Julia, you're up, followed by Jackie B. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Katie. This is Julia R. Recovered, compulsive overeater in California. You know, the first thing I want to touch on is when it talks about, you know, we have an explanation of what alcoholism is and then a chapter that addressed the agnostic. You know, for me, I never thought I needed to read We Agnostics because I did believe in God. But as I, you know, started really working and living the steps, it's like I was not living in a manner that showed how big my God was. So I was agnostic, but I didn't understand what the, you know, the true meaning was. And once I really started to form that relationship, establish the relationship, like it says, with my creator, that's when the real miracle started. And I wanted to touch on that paragraph, too, about the further on clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. My disease, you know, took me to the lowest depths of despair, disgrace, embarrassment. I mean, being the fattest football mom, couldn't fit in the the plane, you know, the seats. I had to get an extender on the seatbelt, wondering why everybody was looking at me. You know, she's so lazy. Why can't she stop overeating? All of those things. And to where I am today, you know, I don't think, act, behave the way I do. And food ha- is just fuel, for my body, I enjoy my food. I um, I'm able to go places that I never thought I could go. I I've shared this before, where I bake, I do all of that. My relationship with food is as somebody else's today, because I don't want to eat my alcoholic foods. I don't obsess over my alcoholic foods. I am totally free, and that you know, to me, recovered on three levels, right? My spirituality is what is entrenched in my life today. When somebody asks me how my program is, I always say, well, my program and life are synonymous. It's all one. It's intertwined because of that relationship that I've established with my creator. You know, I get to live. I don't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, am I going to eat something? Is something going to trigger me? No. If I if I eat my on my food plan, stay on my plan of um that I was that was created by a nutritionist I am not going to have alcoholic foods I'm not going to set up the cravings and the steps led me to a place of being recovered so I don't want to eat them 
you know, this is such a phenomenal life I have now as a result of following these clear-cut directions. I don't have to make any of this stuff up. I don't have to wing it. If I don't follow the clear-cut directions, I'm going to get back into the disease. And first, it's going to be how I think and behave and act, and then I'm face down on the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Okay, Jackie B., you're up, followed by Edini M. Hi, I'm Jackie B., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Thank you for being here, and thank you for the big book today. Um, I am really grateful today. Um, two days ago, uh, inadvertently, I found out that my father passed away in Puerto Rico at the age of 80. Um, he's been an active alcoholic from age 10 till the day he died. But I have a relationship with him today, and that's amazing. And that's because of this program. Like I said in the past, I've been in this program over 25 years. It's only now in the last eight months that I've been doing this vision for you that my program has soared, that I do not um, hate the big book, that I open the big book every day and I am grateful. I am recovered today. I have no noise in my head today. And that's because I have a spiritual waking every single day um, if I'm lucky because I see that as long as I work this program, work my food plan, do not ingest the foods that I'm allergic to, that I have a clear-cut understanding of how I can be of service to others, that I do my inventory every day, that I do my spot check inventory when needed. Um, I don't even have resentment to his wife who didn't tell me she died, that he died, that I have, um, I know that my relationship with my father, thanks to this program, was enriched, that when he met his maker, he could say, my daughter was a service to me, and that's a gift. Um, I'm grieving now that these days, but I know that I can get through it. Um, my food is not calling me. Nobody's called me. There's no insanity today, and I'm so grateful. Uh, the amazing thing is, too, I went to the doctor, my checkup, my regular checkup. I have a liver condition. Um, the doctor says you have to take B12 vitamins. You know, I didn't, my, my first impulse was to buy any B, B12 vitamin, but then I have to realize I have an allergy when it comes to sugars. I have to look at ingredients. And you know what? I took two solid days to look for the right vitamin that did not contain any of those allergic ingredients. Even if I'm just swallowing it as a pill, I was conscious to know not to take something. And I found a vitamin that did not have any of my allergic ingredients. That's a gift. That means that I have another day, another reprieve, and another day to be of service to other compulsive overeaters. I tell you my story that you could know that you too can recover one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Adini M., you're up. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Adini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. 
Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. So the solution in this book is not about to stop drinking or stop eating, but it's to get connected to a power greater than ourselves. It's to build a relationship with God so we can have peace and sanity within our hearts and with others. It's not about us. It's about God. We have a spiritual malady, and we need a spiritual surgeon, and that surgeon is God. It's not us. It's God. It's not others. And it's not other things. It's God. And how do we do this? There's clear-cut directions to follow the 12 steps. And because we're so undisciplined, we find it hard for us to follow a straight line, and we tend to detour because... Um, We're convinced with our thoughts that we are stronger than we really are. But the truth is we lose the battle each and every time. Why? Because we really are not strong enough. We are not powerful enough. We can't control our weaknesses. If we're trying to manage and control something, that means it's controlling us. And this is why we need to follow exactly the directions that it's outlined in this book. There's no cutting corners. There's no shortcuts. There's no taking what you like and leaving the rest. The key is to get connected in order to be connected and stay connected and listen and do exactly what these 100 recovered people have done and take and follow what your sponsor gives to you without asking challenging questions or trying to figure things out or, I don't know, dissecting things. Just open your hand and accept the gift. If you don't open your hand, you can't accept any kind of gift. You have to open up your hand and accept your gift and stop trying to solve your problem on your own. We need an open mind and heart to allow the new to override the old. And acceptance is the answer to all our problems. Accept the truth so the truth can set you free. And the truth, there's so much, what's the truth? There's so much hope here. Look in this book, The First 100 Recovered. There are stories in the back of the book. And there are fellows who have been recovered. So on page 25, it says, we were in a position where life was becoming impossible. If we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other, to accept spiritual help. What is the desire of your heart? If you are not ready, that's okay. At some point, you will become ready, but let's be honest. Let's start with honesty. Either we accept spiritual help or I'm not willing just yet. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Arini. Okay, who else would like to share? We're at the bottom of page 28. Charles H. Hey, Leah. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just stop, please. Leah asks. Charles H, Leah M, Barbara Basta. E, and Basta O. Basta O. Okay, did Lynn I miss S. anybody else? Lynn S. Okay, let's go with those. Um, Leah S, Charles H, Leah M, Barbara E, Basta O, and Lynn S. Leah S, you're up. 
Thank you so much, Katie. This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. Um, This should be an entirely personal affair. And uh, this speaks very loudly to me because um, in the past, every time I wanted something, I would say, okay, go ahead, um, give me just some, some kind of pill or something or, you know, yeah, there's a solution to everything, you know, but all these solutions are modern solutions that that uh, is accepted in society. Um, just give me this, and this is what I what I will achieve, and this is what will happen. This is an entirely personal affair. What we're saying over here, what Bill is saying, is that this is a spiritual malady. This is not something that I can take care of just by by myself or on my own. And all those times that I have lost the weight and that I did, uh, you know, for a second fit into that dress or that uh, whatever, that bathing suit, that was only, it lasted only a second it now has to become your own personal program. It has to be a personal affair. You have to understand that there is something that is greater than myself that can help me with this. And it's not me. It's not my uh, mentor. It's not my sponsor. It's not anyone. It is a power that is really, truly greater than myself. And once I understand it and I internalize this program with all the steps that are involved, then I can find solutions that can last and that do last. And these books are testimonies of the fact that it does last. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah S. Okay, Charles H., you're up, followed by Leah M. Hey, thanks a lot, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. It says, furlough and clear-cut directions I've given, showing how we recovered. Then then it says, um, it says clear-cut again somewhere in the text. Um, I'm saying it ain't clear if, if I ain't cut out my alcoholic foods. And, and, and I'm going to say this, it ain't clear if calamities are going on all around me. And I'm just keeping it real because I'm not one of those guys to be like, you know, I used to I used to roar after a kill. Like, you know, I'm I'm abstinent and you know, but 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 the giants in this program, which are you guys, tell me that food and weight ain't, ain't the problem. Um, so how come I keep hearing that? And you you know, I'll give you an example. I talked to a a, a young guy yesterday because I, I I talk with men, man, because you women got this thing on lock. So I talked with a young guy. He didn't have a lot of weight to lose, and he was like, "How and why?" And 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 I and, and I said, "I don't know, bro. I don't know, right?" I said, "You got a big book. Let's read." And he kept saying, "How and why? I can't stop and this and that." And you know, after a while, it was all right for me to say, "I don't know," and yeah, I don't know, right? But 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 I could I could I could take him to the book and know that I can't fix folks. I can't fix because nobody can fix me. 
you know, but I know that these directions in here is clear-cut, and if I follow it, I'm going to keep it real with you. There's some things that go on in my life that a 10-step ain't going to help me with. It's deeper than that. However, I accept what it is and move on. That's it. You know, I want to hear what your problems are. I don't want to hear, you know, I got a white picket fence and nothing, and I'm I'm riding on cloud 17. That's just, for me, that's just not realistic. That's blaze. And I I need it real. I need you to show me how you recovered through calamities in life. Show me how you recovered through obstacles in life. And I'm like, wow, that's 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 a lion that didn't roar after a kill. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Charles. Okay, Leah M., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Thank you very much. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. Um, you know, those in whom the problem had been solved and pen these pages are essentially saying, do what we did and you'll have what we have. Um, and that's exactly, you know, what happened to me. Uh, my disease, you know, beat me to a pulp. Um, I had been destroyed. I was desperately in need. Uh, the disease had done its job of, you know, beating me into a state of reasonableness, beating me into a willingness and humility and rendered me teachable. And, um, you know, I crawled in with tombstones in my eyes to people in whom the problem had been solved who were properly armed with facts about themselves, and they brought this message, this text to life through their personal experience, and it was a message of depth and weight. Um, I met people who changed my life. They took me into this book, into this experience. Uh, They had a regard for the integrity of the message of AA. They had a love for the heritage of AA. Um, and they brought it to life through their personal experience, this text, and and uh, took me by the hand as I applied these same steps uh, in my own life. And, you know, it goes on to say uh, each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. Uh, this whole text is written in a spirit of accommodation. Uh, everybody is a winner uh, who applies these same directions to their life. And, you know, that has been my experience in working with all kinds of people over uh, the course of three decades. Um, You know, people from every walk of life. That is the beauty of it, is that it works for everyone. You know, I I, I kept turning to food for two decades. I kept turning to food. It was my friend. It was my lover. It was my confidant. It was my nemesis. And ultimately, it was my destroyer. These 12 steps brought me to a relationship with a higher power of my understanding. And through that experience, there was a lifting of the merciless obsession that I experienced. And... This is the turning that I had to do, a willingness to be turned and to turn to a new relationship, not to substances found in bakery boxes and cellophane bags, but to uh, a relationship that was going to be my defense. Uh, My solution wasn't going to be in the material. It wasn't going to be in the physical. It wasn't going to be human. It was going to be in the fourth dimension. It was going to be in the world of the spirit, something that was unknown, but as I kept pressing in, that dimmer switch progressively allowed the light to become brighter and brighter. And with that, I pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Leah. Okay, um, Barbara E. Europe, followed by Vasa O. Thank you so much. I am so excited. I am Barbara E. from New Jersey. I just have to tell you all, I feel a sense of electricity all around me. Uh, and it's because of my step sponsor. Um, I always, I never understood that there says a solution, not many different solutions. I did the tools, but I did the steps as I chose to do them. I didn't fully understand the significance of 10, 11, and 12. I always chose a step sponsor from a distance, either someone who started me with step four or was taking me too slowly because Barbara wanted to be the bus driver through the big book. Something led me, my higher power led me to do what scared me most, choose a woman from the rooms who I see weekly who seemed to have everything I wanted, I needed desperately. And I'm so enthusiastic now. I feel that current of electricity going through me. My higher power kept pointing me towards her. So I took the leap of faith that this would work. And I am so thrilled to be doing this. I can't wait for the phone call every single night. At least that's what it's been so far every single night. She gives so much service. I realize now I have to live in steps 10, 11, and 12. I never understood what step 10 meant before. I never understood what 11 meant. I got the concept of service. I did service, but I skipped the other two. Meditation, I thought it was. Step 10, a review. Totally confused. This meeting, my sponsor has helped me understand that there is a solution and I am willing to do it. Thank you so much, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. And Vata O, you're up. And then Lynn S. will be our final share of the day. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive Vita calling from Florida. And there was really nothing that I wanted more than to put the food down and keep it down. I, you know, I had the gift of desperation, but I didn't even think it was a, I thought that was torture for me to put my alcoholic foods down. I said, how am I going to do this, you know, for the rest of my life? And I remember hearing my sponsor say, you just do this one day at a time, one day at a time. You know, I was counting the days, you know. Couldn't believe one day, two days, three days, one week. Two weeks, I mean, that was a miracle for me. I had never done, I had never been able to put the food down for that long. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, I did read the, I, I was given this big book right from the beginning. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to recover like those hundred people that had gone before me. And I wanted to know the solution. And I was just so grateful that they gave me this big book. And, you know, and, this is the solution. This is the recipe. And for me, I just finally, I was like so excited to find out how I can do this and work the 12 steps. And again, for me, I had to put the food down, you know, and then work the steps. And I didn't understand the steps, but I started understanding them gradually, one by one. 
and again, there's no graduation. I've been doing this for 32 years. I always go, I go back and forth, back and forth, studying the steps. I remember look, they were hanging up on the wall at my meetings, step one, two, three, four, you know, the way we read them. But studying the steps is different. I thought that's all I needed, to memorize them from one to 12. And then my sponsor said, no, no, we studied the steps, you know. But anyways, I was ready and I was willing to accept the spirit, spiritual help. If I didn't, I was just going to die or be a miserable person. And I'm just so, so grateful that God led me in the 12 steps in Overeaters Anonymous. And I didn't, even, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that God did it. But I did pray. I did really pray. That was not very normal for me, for me to pray. Few, I don't know how long before I came to my first Overeaters Anonymous. I remember saying to God, please, if you're out there, show me where you are. I'm you know, I, I just need so much help. I not didn't know anything about the. I mean, I knew that I could not stop eating, but they didn't, I didn't know they called it disease. I didn't know they called it compulsive eating. I didn't know it was called eating disorder. I didn't know any of that stuff. I learned that when I came in the program, when my sponsor shared her, uh, her story with, my, with me. So I'm just so grateful to be here with every one of you. And I look forward, even though sometimes I don't share, I'm here with all of you. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, Lynn S., you'll be our last share. If you could make it two minutes, that would be awesome. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive reader from Toronto, Canada. And it, it just strikes me, you know how they say there are no must in the big book, but it says, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And just a few lines up, it says, our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need. And it's just striking me so much. You know, the stories in the back of the big book aren't the stories that you read in health magazines and all this stuff about how to put the food down or, um, you know, 10 easy steps to what, that's a bad example, sorry, because they're not talking about the steps of recovery, but they're talking about behavior modification or this and that and other things. What this is talking about is a way to totally change our lives by establishing a relationship with God. And the stories in the back of the big book are telling how people establish their relationships with God and why do we want to establish a relationship with God because we want that huge emotional displacement and rearrangement that takes us from a life of misery and desperation into a life that for me has allowed me to live life and I don't like the cliche sort of being happy, joyous and free but getting away from those severe emotional twists that cause me so much pain and misery and cause everybody around me pain and misery and confusion and bewilderment. I guess like what is happening? I don't understand what's happening and how am I at the center of this yet again? And what really struck me as I read this page this morning is I was thinking, you know, I, I want to have a lazy day today. I'm retired and I don't want to do too much. And I'm hearing the reading and this sentence is speaking to me, yes, Yes, I, Lynette, am one of these two. I must have this thing. So going from a morning where, well, maybe I'll lie around and do some Sudoku it. No, I must have this thing. So maybe I'll finish that step 10 that I started yesterday that kind of 
got away from me and I didn't get it done. Maybe I'll do some more reading. Maybe I'll make a few phone calls and talk to some other people about working the program. This is saving my life. This is giving me a life far better than I could ever imagine, much better than uh, my original plan. So I'm so grateful how the big book spoke to me in the beginning and continues to speak to me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn. Okay, and thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to Tenzin P., Julie S., Katie G., Charlene G., and Lauren S. for being available. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, April 20th, is 9858. That's 9858. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Charlene G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Charlene G. in Idaho. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.